back again with another episode of Two Girls, Girls One Ghost. We are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. And Hello. I am Sabrina. <laughs> My voice is different. Why? Because you're a different person? Because post-nasal drip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might sound different this week because I have joined Corinne and gotten a new microphone. Bam, 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 bam. So we are... It's an exciting yeah. day. This is a big step in our in our podcast life. Um, mm-hmm. We are... Having legit equipment. We've gone through puberty. And also, too, the other thing, I was telling Sabrina, and I was pretty excited <laughs> when I found this out, but I was listening to stuff about EVPs and recording devices and everything like that. And um, one of the recording devices that is known to block out outside noises and basically not capture EVPs is the one that we're using. <laughs> Which is can why. Yeah. Right? It's because why before, we haven't had as many problems. I haven't had one single problem. Yeah. We have not had to re-record an episode ever since I started using this device. And I'm sorry, Ghost, but this is great for us because now we don't have headaches and nausea and tears. And it's not really like they were contributing anything special. It was <laughs> clicking and weird noises and... Don't say that. Don't jinx it. But sorry, they sorry, were contributing ghost. in the way that they knew how. And now we are doing what we know how. We don't know anything, <laughs> but we are doing what we can to prevent that. Hopefully it works out forever. Forever and ever. Forever for the future. Um, I just wanted to say a few thank yous because I'm such a dum-dum and I forgot to thank all of the people who helped design all of our merch um last week when we announced it so i wanted to say thank you <laughs> to Lindsay, hannah and ann and all the people who were talking to about designing future merch we are so so grateful for you guys we wouldn't be able to do it without you and your st- your designs are so cool and everyone loves them so thank you and a little thank you to you sabrina because Hi. I pretty much did nothing. You would just send me the designs and say, like, do you like this idea or do you like this design? But in terms of communicating with people and emailing people and figuring out the merch, it was completely you. I think I responded to one email once. (laughs) Well, you know what? This is a teamwork effort. So you do all the business stuff. I do the design stuff. It works out. Yes. And if you're curious about the artists behind the design, I believe their social media or their website or Instagram or whatever is listed on if you like actually click on one of the shirts or merch item, it will have their details. Exactly. It will. Or you can reach out to us. We'll tell you. Right. Okay. So this is a little different. I usually don't ever read an email right in the beginning. Wait, I'm excited. But I have to read this. This is special then. It blew my mind. Okay, okay. So remember how I was talking about Mr. Piggy? How could I forget? <laughs> my childhood stuffed animal and how <laughs> Your he protector, yeah. I might have another life in a parallel universe because... What? Well, I don't know. No way! <laughs> I'm so jealous. What? <laughs> I'm going... I'm just going to read the entire, like, two emails from these people so that you can be on the same page that I'm on. Okay. 
It says, Mr. Piggy and Corinne might be trapped in a parallel universe. <gasps> Help. This is from <laughs> David and Sarah. They are um, husband and wife, and they are out in Iceland. Cool. The land of Iceland. The land of Iceland. The you mean land. the land of ice? <laughs> the land of ice, whatever. <laughs> but they wrote in, and so I'm just going to start reading from the point where they start talking about this. Okay. I write this letter to point out a rather spooky coincidence regarding Corinne's beloved childhood stuffed animal, Mr. Piggy. Oh, my gosh. And another haunted girl named Lucy and her stuffed piggy. In episode 38, The Friendly Ghost, Corinne describes Mr. Piggy as not just a stuffed animal, but rather a protector of evil passed down by her family to ward off noises and spirits in the house. Are you aware that Corinne and Mr. Piggy may have inadvertently been used as a muse for Neil Gaiman's 2003 children's book, Wolves in the Walls? The only thing that would debunk this theory is that episode 38 was aired in 2018, <laughs> not 2003 when the book was written. In the book, haunted girl Lucy uses her stuffed pig to protect her from the evil noises in the wall of her house. Oh, What? How is Corinne actually not Lucy trapped in some twisted <laughs> black mirror episode where Mr. Piggy and her are being toyed with in a parallel universe? Oh my gosh. I have to ask, who came first, Mr. Piggy and Corinne or the pig puppet and Lucy from David and Sarah? And then I responded and I said, okay, well, I would argue, yes, the episode did come out in 2018, but my pig came to me in 1993. Right. So did Mr. Guyman astral travel to my childhood bedroom <laughs> or is mr guyman does he have ghosts coming to him and telling him stories does he have a medium or a psychic telling him things and that ghost is the ghost that travels between you and that psychic i don't know i almost want to i'm going to read the rest of their email because okay. they sent a follow-up email and it's actually funny <laughs> they write uh Sarah and David wrote, if Mr. Piggy was given to you in 1993 as a baby, you would have been 10 in 20, 2003, roughly the same age as Lucy when the book was published. <gasps> what? According to the book, her pig was also given to her from her family when she was a little, little baby, meaning not only you and Lucy are around the same age, but Mr. Piggy and the pig puppet are too. In episode four, under the covers, you mentioned, I love how they do their yeah. research. <laughs> They re-listen to every four. episode to, to do all of this. In episode four, under the covers, you mentioned both you and visitors of your childhood house have experienced paranormal sightings of dogs creeping around. Dogs, also known as genus canis, are a genetic subspecies of the gray wolf, a.k.a. genus canis lupus, the source of Lucy's paranormal experiences. Oh, I just got This leaves chills. me wondering what other similarities you two share. Trippy. <laughs> and then they're going to send us another email with their experiences but that is amazing you have to read that book and then you have to contact neil gaiman i know i would i yeah just show up at his door and he'll be like he'll gasp when he opens the door he goes oh, lucy mr gaiman stole my life and he will be receiving an email from me <laughs> shortly <laughs> Isn't that wow. weird, though? I was like, oh, this is so interesting. Yeah. I mean, so many people have pig stuffed animals, so that's not a coincidence. But just the similarities of everything about Mr. Piggy protecting you and the right. ghost dog. 
and we're the same <gasps> age. I have another idea. And it was what if what? What if instead of Neil coming and Ashel traveling or getting information from ghosts, what if you have a doppelganger who's related to Neil? I did not get excited about that at all. As you said that, it was like a knife twisted in my stomach. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't want a doppelganger. Okay, fine. What if you have an astral twin? I don't know. I don't know. What if your soul split into two when you were born? I thought Mr. Piggy and I were something special, just a little unique pair, and apparently not. You know what? You are the subject of a book. Not many people can I say am. that. And yet I receive no royalty. <laughs> <laughs> go to the bookstore, local bookstore, and demand your money. I should go and read the book. Yeah, you should. Um, I believe you have a story about me here. Don't you know who I it's am? It's about a little girl and her pig. <laughs> They're like, oh, this is weird. Oh, I love Neil Gaiman, though. He's such a fascinating writer. What else does he write? Coraline, the one with the beady black eyes. It was one of my favorite books as a kid. Coraline gave me nightmares, though. So He gave you nightmares so that Mr. Piggy could protect you so he could write his next book about Lucy and Mr. Piggy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, should we do our giveaway? Yes, 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 we should. We asked you guys to help us get to 1,000 reviews on iTunes, mm -hmm. and you did it. You did so, it. So you made our thank you. lives happy. But we're not satisfied. We, we want more. <laughs> we, we want more. But for those of you who did, we thank you. We and we are you. going to do a merch giveaway. So out of the 1,000 reviews. Well, Technically, we only have 418 reviews, but we have 1,047 uh, five stars. Oh, so out okay. of the 418 reviews, we're going to pick one of you right now. How are we going to do this? Okay. We're going to do this by um, – I'm going to sing a jingle. Okay. And when you... I finish singing the jingle, whatever – Review your cursors over. Okay. That's who wins? Yes. Okay. And if you win, we just, all you need to do is email us with proof that it is your username and your um, review. And then we will send you a free t shirt. Two girls, one ghost t shirt. <laughs> you can okay. represent, you can be free advertising for us. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Ready? Oh, yes. Okay. Here I am, sitting on my couch, waiting for Sabrina. Stop. <gasps> okay. I landed on cool nickname, Boo. And I'm going to read the review because it's nice. These ladies are hilarious and really good at telling paranormal stories, and they make my workday better when I'm listening. And I look like an insane person giggling at my desk alone. Listen, you will not regret it. See you on the other side. Thanks. Take a Thank screenshot you. so that we don't forget that. Yes. They're the winner. Okay. So whoever In did this. In our super official way of choosing. <laughs> <laughs> whoever did this review, please email us with proof it was you. And then we will send you a shirt for free. And then for also free. we're going to do another giveaway just because we. Um, now we have merch. So we're excited. Yeah. We're really excited. We want to get the word out. We want everyone to get merch. And then 
So we're going to do another giveaway on Instagram, which we will do next week and then announce the winner or this week, I guess, and then announce the winner next Sunday. Yeah. So if you are not following us on Instagram, but you have Instagram, you should probably follow us because we'll be posting about it there and doing any updates we have there and also announcing the winner. And we'll do a fun like raffle on our Instagram story where we pick out of the hat a name. (laughs) Seems like a lot of work. I will do it. Okay. I don't have the time, but I will totally do it. Why not? That's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't have that time. (laughs) It's actually, I've been waking up at 5 a.m. every morning and there's this weird, it's kind of very quaint. I don't know. Los Angeles is such a busy city that when you wake up that early, it's, it's like, it feels like a little sleepy town, which is a different way to look at Los Angeles that I've actually really liked. Do you like it better than the way it normally is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds really nice. <laughs> Speaking Everyone of... Everyone knows I'm not a big LA person. I know, I know. I mean, yeah. it's bittersweet. It's You have to live there because of my your job. profession. Right. Yes. Yeah. But if you could live anywhere, where would you live? Um... If like you, you had to choose one spot and you'd stay there for the rest of your life, you'd raise a family there and like that's until (gasps) you die. Mars. That's where you live. Mars? Yes. No, Sabrina. No. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to get zero visitors. That's fine. I don't, I just, (laughs) I just need Nick, our family of cats and future children. What about for like... Christmas and birthdays and stuff. Your kids will never have a birthday party. Well, I'll be really wealthy at this time, and then I'll, like, have my own rocket ship, and I'll go back and forth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, but speaking of L.A., guess where I was last night? Where? Somewhere you might want to talk about today. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> were, you at the, were you at the Cecil Hotel? I wasn't at the Cecil Hotel, but I drove by it and I walked by it and I almost went in, but then I chickened out, but I went to a rooftop cinema thing down the street from it. Oh my gosh, so cool. Mm-hmm. At first I was confused. It took me a minute to get that because I, know, I was like, I, I know I you were watching a movie. <laughs> so I first thought the Hollywood Forever Cemetery because they do the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Downtown. Downtown. <laughs> Did you go to Egg Slut? I've actually never been to Egg Slut. Oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> what a weird name. Well, can you tell me all about the Cecil Hotel? I can. I can. Um, our topic today is, murder. well, on the Excel sheet, we wrote murder with a hint of ghost. I do so. declare there has been a murder. <laughs> I so badly want to have a clue themed birthday party this year. That would be so fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And I love dressing up in costumes. I know. Will you come back for it? Yes. I, I'm yes. really excited. I want to do it. I actually, when I was at the Culver City Hotel uh, recently, it's just the ambiance there is the perfect setting for it. But I probably can't afford that. So I'll have to do no. it in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to do a murder mystery party. Yeah. And then... One of my coworkers last year did a whole entire murder mystery weekend. There's one 
in New England. I don't know where it is, but you basically stay at a hotel. And for the entire weekend, it's like what? a three-day event of murder mystery themed what? events. That it's like, is so cool. Yeah, it's stretched out for the three days and you all have like golf carts and everyone's like zooming around trying to find the clues and oh. running and blocking other people. And Can I oh live there forever? Seriously, she was strategic too. Like she uh, yeah, had have to be. Her, her and her friend were inside at the meeting where they get the next clue and they had their husbands wait outside on the golf <laughs> cart so they could immediately like their getaway car was there ready for have them you to seen, find the clue. Have you seen the movie Game Night? No, I haven't. Oh, it reminds me of that. It's really funny. Like the it ultimate just looks game. So aggressive. No, it's. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Okay, I'll have to. I'll have to see because I'm really hit or miss when it comes to like stupid, funny that sort of humor. I either think like this is horrible or I think it's the funniest thing in the world. So I thought this was clever, and also it's Rachel okay. McAdams who is just the most beautiful, stunning person to look at, who has not yeah. aged. Which no, she hasn't. Is insane to me. God, she's so pretty. Okay, this one is a tough one, and it's a long one. So let's just jump into it. You already know I chose the Cecil Hotel. It's located downtown Los Angeles. It was built in 1924, and it was finished in 1927, where it opened to be a hotel with 600 guest rooms, and it still has that many rooms today. It's so spooky just from the outside. A lot of you guys have probably seen it because American Horror Story did yeah. an entire season. It was American Horror Story Hotel, basically like inspired by all the events at the Cecil Hotel. And a lot of their filming took place inside of the hotel. Hotel California. Whenever I hear that song, I think of the Cecil Hotel. Oh, yeah. Whenever I see you Lady Gaga, I think leave. of the Cecil. I don't It was not such that, right? the that was, I think, maybe my favorite, one of my favorite seasons of American <gasps> Horror Story. Really? Oh, uh, I only watched like two episodes and I had to give up on that. It's my least favorite. Oh, well, okay. Well, Lady Gaga's in it, so you should probably watch it. Yeah, I didn't. That one was it. the best. And then also, um, was it Coven? When? Oh, yeah. Coven? Yes. I love Coven. Coven. And uh What's the one where they're in the hospital? Is it Asylum? Asylum. I loved Asylum. Asylum is my favorite. Asylum was amazing. Yeah. Okay. All right. So they have 600 guest rooms. It was meant to be a lavish place to stay, attracting sophisticated guests and businessmen. Uh, it recently went through a rebrand and it's now called Stay on Main. Really? But- it still has a big sign on it that says Hotel Cecil. I know they kept that because it's a landmark, Oh, but it's called stay on main. Like if you try to Google Cecil hotel, there's, it says closed and their website was already taken down and everything. It's stay on main. Oh, fascinating. Because for PR reasons, I'm sure they were trying to rebrand it. <laughs> and you'll tell us why. You can change the name hotel Cecil, yeah. but you cannot change the haunting and murderous past. Oof. Back in the day, when the Cecil Hotel opened, it was very bad timing for them to open because just after it was built, the Great Depression hit hard and the once ritzy downtown streets began to fill with unemployed and homeless people. Runaways, criminals, and drug users flocked to the area and many of them took Hotel Cecil or the Cecil Hotel um, as their residence. Oh, really? residence. I didn't. Know. So the once popping area turned dark and dreary. 
And as we know, when dark and dreariness comes, what is attracted to those spots? Ghosts. Ghosts. Bad energy. Demons. Demons. Evil. Okay. Keep that in mind because it definitely seems like there was something there. Oh, my gosh. Just four years after opening its doors to guests, the Cecil Hotel had its first documented suicide. It was a Manhattan Beach man named W.K. Norton, and he took poisonous pills and he completed suicide. That was the very first suicide, but it was by far not the last suicide. Suicides continued to rack up, leading locals to actually refer to the hotel as the suicide. Oh, my gosh. The list is really lengthy. I started to write it out and like write like, oh, woman falls from ninth story floor. And then I just stopped because there's too many and it's just awful, especially when it has to do with suicide. Um, But you can look it up. There's about the Cecil Hotel was responsible for. Well, I shouldn't say responsible for like management isn't, but they right. the Cecil Hotel itself has experienced Which, at least 16 deaths oh my gosh. that are due to non-natural causes such as suicide and murder. I'm, it's It makes me wonder if in terms of the suicides, if people are drawn to the Cecil Hotel or were drawn to the Cecil Hotel because they were like, oh, other people have committed suicides here. I'm going to go here to complete suicide. Kind of like the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. Or if there's something else going on and someone checks in the hotel and someone doesn't want them to leave. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. I don't know where that, which way that causal relationship goes, but. um, Just makes you wonder. Yeah. Murder is also prevalent here. (laughs) I shouldn't (laughs) laugh. It's not funny. Yeah, just the way you said it, you're like... <laughs> well, because it's just, like, unbelievable. It's, like, one more thing to add to the Cecil Hotel. Okay. Oh, gosh. The first murder happened in September of 1944. Dorothy Jean Purcell. Sabrina, you know what I'm about to say. Oh, my gosh. Was just, I was so... Yeah. Okay. She was just 19 years old, and she was in a room with 38-year-old Ben Levine, who worked as a salesman, And Dorothy started to go into labor, but she had no idea she was pregnant Mm -hmm. and Ben was sleeping and she wanted to be a polite little lady and not wake him, even though she was giving birth. So she went into the bathroom and she gave birth quietly. So crazy to me. Yeah. I don't know how she did it. I think she was covering for Ben. I think he, how you don't sleep through that. What? I don't know. I don't know. Then again, Courtney Kardashian just freaking pulled her baby out of her own vagina. So <laughs> who knows? Everybody's births are different. Yeah. Everyone has very different experiences. Um, so Ben was sleeping. Dorothy went into the bathroom and she gave birth to a baby boy. According to Dorothy, the baby boy was stillborn. So she threw him out the window <gasps> and he landed one roof over on the next building. She was charged with murder, but she was not found guilty by reason of insanity. Can I tell you the version that I heard? It's probably legend, but I heard that the man, because he was married to another woman, didn't want the child, and so he threw the child out the window. I hadn't – I mean, I I read a lot of articles. I had right. like 100 – I told you I had 158 <laughs> pages. That notes. is insane. 
and all of the stories were this one. Oh. So interesting. I but wonder maybe if maybe that like, was her story the, because she was trying to protect the guy. Yeah, if through the years it's like come out what's That's actually changed. happened and this is just like what happened in the court or whatever. It's so sad that poor baby. Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia, she was spotted at the Cecil Hotel at the bar there just a few days before her notorious murder. And then also serial killers have taken a liking to the hotel as well. Richard Ramirez, also known as the Night Stalker. Not to be confused with Joseph D'Angelo, a.k.a. Golden State Killer, a.k.a. East Area Rapist, a.k.a. the original Night Stalker. Different person. Horrible person. Richard Ramirez is the Night Stalker. Wow. He was convicted of murdering 13 people, five attempted murders, 11 rapes, and 14 burglaries. That's just what he was convicted of. I'm sure he did more. Oh, my gosh. During his murder spree, he spent some time living in a room on the top floor of the Cecil Hotel. What? He, I know. I just, like, imagine him, like, sitting at the bar, like, drinking with blood on his shirt. Like, nothing happened. Or, like, going okay. back to his room and ordering room service. I'm yeah, thirsty. It's, it's ugh. Like Lady Gaga in American Horror Story Hotel. Okay. Um, but so actually he basically did that. He would come back from a murder and he would go into the alley. He would take all of his clothes off, put them, <gasps> his bloody clothes, put them in the dumpster behind the hotel and just walk back into his room either naked or in oh. his underwear. Oh my gosh. But it, it was never suspect. It wasn't anything out of the ordinary because there were so many homeless people there there were so many drug users just strewn about the alleyways living in the Cecil hotel passed out in the halls wow you said it's changed i said unfortunately it hasn't changed yeah i was gonna say i yeah there are still people like registered sex offenders who live there full time like that's their place of residence and downtown is just it unfortunately there are a lot of homeless people there it there is a new owner though, so it's I think it's technically closed and it's going through renovation and it will be opened in 2019. So I do wonder. I think there's supposed to be like a pool and all these other amenities. I wonder if they're trying to make it more ritzy again. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> so actually, the reason that Richard Ramirez had chosen to live in the Cecil was due to its reputation of total chaos. Yep. Then well, Richard Ramirez, sense. his story inspired Austrian serial killer Jack Unterweger, Weiger, I don't know how to say his name, who moved into the hotel. He was looking into prostitutes and he oh. even went on a ride along with police, which allowed him to kind of learn how to look for prostitutes, oh, where the best areas are for the prostitutes, gosh. aka his victims. So he killed three people while living in the Cecil Hotel. Then he moved on committed other crimes i think he was eventually uh apprehended but actually i'm sorry i'm like telling this out of order but he had murdered a woman he went to jail for 15 years then he got out of jail and then he went right back to it murdering women in austria czechoslovakia california and the united states um and lord knows who where else but he was arrested Jeez. in Miami, Florida, and he was sent back to jail and charged with 11 murders. So that is the uh, – that's all of the suicide and murder that has happened at Cecil Hotel, just so that you can understand how horrible of a place it is. 
Yeah. But there's one mystery belonging to the Cecil Hotel that no one can quite agree on. Ooh. And that is what I'm going to do, even though you thought I was doing what I was just talking about for the past 20 <laughs> minutes. There's more. Oh, my gosh. And there's more. There's like five more pages. The death of 21-year-old Elisa Lamb. In 2013, Elisa Lamb, a Canadian college student, traveled to L.A. on vacation. Three weeks later, her body was found inside of the water tank located on the roof of the Cecil Hotel. Mm. Elisa Lamb had been in San Diego before, and then she made her way up to L.A. for a solo vacation. She booked herself to stay at the Cecil Hotel, planning to only stay four nights. She had been struggling with depression and her parents did not like the idea of her traveling alone, but she still went on the trip. She was posting pictures to social media and checking in with her parents every single day. And she did a ton of fun things. She went to the San Diego Zoo. She went to a bunch of different bars. She went to a taping of Conan O'Brien's show when she was in L.A. Fun. Like she was, she was doing her vacation right. Yeah. On January 31st, she went to the last bookstore, which is a place I really want to go to. Me too. In downtown L.A. It just looks so cool. Um, and she bought a few books to take home to, as presents. And she was later seen that day in the lobby of the Cecil. But then she wasn't seen again. <sighs> there were no phone calls home. No trace of where she went. The only evidence was this really bizarre clip that I'm sure a lot of it's you have already so seen. It's so bizarre. It was taken on a security camera uh, inside of the elevator. And Elisa was kind of walking in and out of the elevator i have chills just thinking about it yeah i watched it like 12 times yesterday I'm and sure. it really freaked me out her family flew down and the la pd held a press conference a week later asking for the public's help to find her two weeks after her disappearance hotel guests began to complain of the bad water pressure and the funny taste to the oh, water the water tank on the roof was inspected by a maintenance worker, and he found the body of Elisa Lamb naked and floating in the tank, her clothes sitting at the bottom of the tank. Oh, my gosh. Authorities say that there was no foul play and that her death was an accidental drowning, although the autopsy report was marked as an accident, but then it was marked as cannot be determined. Yeah, but then there's it went no back way to there, being marked yeah. as an accident once more. So no, I don't believe that. Even the authorities that one bit. were like back and forth, right? Yeah. They said that most likely it was a suicide brought on by her anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, and possibly the lack of her taking much-needed prescription medicine. But the autopsy found that she had, in fact, been taking her prescribed medicine. And there were no other drugs found in her body. And I don't believe any alcohol was found, or at least like very trace amounts. Nothing right. alarming or triggering by any means. So how did this happen? How did she end up in the water tank? Guests to the hotel are not supposed to have access to the roof. You can get up there like uh if you go on the fire escape but it's really mm -hmm. scary it's really steep i guess if you were determined you definitely could do it but in terms of roof access on a typical day it would require entry through a locked door and the disarming of an alarm 
Ugh, my so gosh. It, it was all quite suspicious and yes. mysterious. Uh, police re- released the video surveillance footage of Elisa to the public. It was taken on the 14th floor, same floor that Richard Ramirez lived. Whoa. The video was taken in the early hours of February 1st. It's about four minutes long. Elisa Lamb walks into the elevator. Mm-hmm. She begins to kind of exhibit bizarre behavior, which if you watch the video, you'll see. She crouches down and she looks at all the buttons and she presses one and then she moves back and waits for the elevator. I'm assuming waiting for the elevator to move. But the elevator doesn't move. It just stays on that floor with the doors open. The doors are open. Yeah, that, that's the weird thing. Yeah. And so it doesn't move. And so then she peers out the elevator doors and looks around from left to right. But it's like it's very animated the way she yeah. does it. It's it's almost like she she moves her head from left to right so quickly that I don't know if you could actually get a glance of like what's to the left or right of you if you did it. It's it's just weird. But it also looks like panicky almost. It's very panicky. Um, but what's even more bizarre is that uh, body language experts who have looked at the footage have said that she's actually exhibiting playful behavior. So I don't know. I mean, there's we're not going to get an answer at the end of this. I'll just tell you it's this so now. frustrating. It's very frustrating. No one really knows what happens. Okay. But then she she moves back into the elevator and then she hides in the corner of the elevator. Like she's trying to hide from someone that she right. saw coming down the hall or something. Oh my gosh. I've had chills since you started talking about her. It's like it's such <sighs> it's a really scary wild story. Yeah. And it just recently happened. Right. Her, she has friends. She has family like she has people out there that still live today missing still her. feel the pain yeah. of her passing it was recent and she was a normal college kid right it was horrible it's tragic tragic um so she just she's acting strange in the elevator then she jumps out again and then she goes back in pushes more buttons uh, she it's just I, I I don't even know. I you have to watch it. Yeah. It's very weird. We should post it on Pop- our social media because it's you could watch it a million times and try to theorize something, but there's no answer. Right. And there's even one part where she goes out of the elevator and it looks as if she's waving to someone and speaking to someone. And again, body language experts have said that like the way she's talking and speaking it it looks like an actual conversation with someone right um and there are theories about that too there are a ton of theories i'm not going to go into all of the theories because some of them even in my opinion are a little far-fetched like invisibility cloaks and weird crap so uh we're not (laughs) going to talk about those ones yeah that's a little far-fetched if you go on reddit you can find all about it (laughs) she's out in the hallway she's been talking to someone and she kind of moves out of frame and stumbles down the hall. The elevator then closes and leaves without her. That is the yeah. last footage of her. It's very unsettling. She seems to be acting erratically, overly dramatic in her movements, and she also seems to be hiding from someone. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like as if she was caught and tried to sort of play it off. Maybe. I don't know. But what's uh. more is that the tape itself has abnormalities for one 
it seems to be slowed down. So everything's even a little creepier because her movements are a little bit more labored. Yeah, drawn out. Yes. And the timestamp also seems to be changed. The tape skips a bit as well, um, which leads many people to believe that there's a bit of tape removed from the clip. It's actually one whole minute of tape missing. It jumps from that's why like I forget. It's like like one oh four AM to like one oh five in six seconds or something. It's it's weird. So what happened so, oh, what happened in that minute? Right. Like is someone a very possible explanation is yeah. that maybe someone who worked there or lived there. Yeah, especially uh, to stalking know, her. To know the way to stay off the camera or to have access to the footage. And I will say it didn't seem like Hotel Cecil was running a very tight ship in terms of security and keeping people out of where they shouldn't have been. Right. And also it was, uh, I don't want to say like make up stuff, but people... <laughs> Workers could have been bribed, you know, like, let me in that room. I'll give you a hundred bucks to let me in that room for yeah, three true. minutes. And then they erased part of the clip. I don't know. So what really happened? We don't know. Some theorized that this was a manic episode and that she drowned herself during it. Mm-hmm. But given her illness and her previous relapses, Elisa experienced depressive states, not manic states. So that didn't quite make sense. And her movements didn't quite make sense with that explanation either. Um, once more, if it was an accident, her clothes would have been on her. Right. However, her clothes were at the bottom of the tank. And when they were retrieved and examined, there was a sand-like residue on them, suggesting that she had been entered the tank naked, as- assuming that she had disrobed, right. put her clothes on the ground, picked them up, walked up into the tank and got into the tank and threw her clothes to the bottom with her or someone else did that. Yeah. It doesn't seem like an accident. And that's a very bizarre way to enter. It's just nothing really makes sense, which is why. And how would she know that they had water tanks up on the roof, you know, and how would she get there by herself? Right. I don't know. And I will say there are videos of people who've gone into the Cecil Hotel to prove that you can go up onto the roof yourself. Uh-huh. Like some people have um, gained access without an alarm going off or anything. But it's just – she could have done that. But it's just kind of weird given right. what she had been doing a few hours before. Mm-hmm. It's weird. So. It's- it's believed that something paranormal may have occurred, okay. which isn't overly surprising because, as I stated in the beginning, the hotel is known for its tortured past right. and for its paranormal activity. Based on the strange elevator video and the mysterious death, it's believed that Elisa Lamb may have been playing the elevator game. Okay. I've never – I've heard of it, but I have no idea what it is. Well – Okay, so the elevator game is played by a single person. Mm-hmm. I've only heard a few accounts where like, people supposedly made it work with more than one person, but it's supposed to be one single person. Okay. And it must take place in a building with at least 10 stories and an elevator. Okay. And I'm not going to say exactly how you play it because 
I don't you want to nervous. Like, okay. Promote the game, and also it's <laughs> supposed it's supposedly the most dangerous paranormal game you can play. Do you know the origin of it? Like when, like around what time? Nope. It came about. Had to be after elevators. I know. I just wonder if people came up with this game after they saw the video of Elizabeth Lamb or if it was. Oh, no. I think it was before. Okay. I just wasn't sure. I'm pretty sure some of the blogs I was reading about it were dated before like this happened. Okay. Okay. So, but basically you press buttons in a certain sequence and eventually the elevator will start moving. It will bring you to the fifth floor and a woman will enter the elevator and you are not supposed to look at her. You're not supposed to talk to her. If you do, legend goes, she will take you and do what she wants with you. Oh my gosh. If you ignore her, you'll eventually be transported into another dimension. This dimension will be dark. It will be seemingly empty. It will pretty much look like exactly where you had already been, but there won't be any lights and you can see a red cross in the distance. I have no idea what happens if you go to the red cross. I just don't know. And I'm never going to find out. It's possible that Elisa Lam was playing the elevator game and the video caught on the surveillance camera was Elisa trying to return from the other dimension or possibly conversing with or hiding from the young woman who greets people in the elevator. And I heard, too, that it can be quite confusing to return after going through the motions of getting to the other dimension. So I'm wondering Uh, maybe if that is what happened, is she was scared and couldn't quite figure it out and she kept pressing the button. And um, in the elevator, it does seem like she's pressing one button a lot. And I know people were like, oh, it looks like she's pressing door closed. But could she have been pressing the button one? Because that's part of what you're supposed to do to try to get yourself back. Interesting. It's like repeatedly press. And it makes me wonder if all of this, if the elevator game is a real thing, if the woman is like a demonic entity that changes your perception and it's not really a different dimension. It's just. Right. That could totally be it because we don't need to tell anyone anything because if they've listened to every episode, we've had multiple listener (laughs) stories where time and place have been manipulated. Oh, my gosh. Um, so yeah, it's possible that she could have been panicking and, and being in contact with this being, this entity. Wow. A similar case happened. The body of a man was found in the water tank in Malaysia. The man was found in the water tank on the roof of a tall building, but his death was not ruled as a drowning. His lungs had no water in them. What? And additionally, no one knows how he got in the tank. The tank was secured, it was closed, and the only keys were with the security officer at that time. Similarly, in Singapore, same thing happened to a woman. So So, is this what happens to people who play the game and communicate with the woman in the elevator? Is this one of the things she does to dispose? Do you know if Elisa Lam had uh, water in her lungs? She did. It was a drowning. Okay. Interesting. So she was alive when she was put into the tank. Right. But maybe someone thought she was dead. 
when they put her in. Yeah. But there's no, I mean, even the autopsy, we've mentioned it before, the autopsy itself was back and forth with if it was an accident or could not be explained. Right. So a couple more odd things happened in association with Elisa Lamb's death. A, And this could just very much be like wrong place, wrong time sort right. of thing or just like a massive coincidence. But only a few days after she passed away, a resistant strain of tuberculosis spread amongst the homeless people right near the Cecil Hotel. And what's weird is that the name of the test that has been around since before this outbreak happened, um, but the name of the test that's used to diagnose TB is called Lamb Elisa. And that her is name weird. was Elisa Lamb. <gasps> Another coincidence what? is that Elisa's death almost perfectly paralleled the death in the movie Dark Water, which is where basically this building starts to have water issues and leaks, and then a body of a missing woman is found floating in the water tank. And the same thing happened at Sousa Hotel. There was water issues. Um, I read somewhere that there was a bit of flooding in certain areas of the Cecil Hotel. So it's if you watch the movie, there's like a lot of similarities. People said even the names of the characters in the movie have paralleled Elisa's life. So do you think and, someone watched that movie and got the idea? Right. It's really hard to tell because it's it's always – there's no answer. It's like, was Ugh. it paranormal? And I don't believe was in she coincidences. The victim? It's very weird. While the elevator game seems plausible, given the surveillance video, some say it could also, she may have just been the victim of a paranormal spirit. Multiple people have claimed that they were choked by an invisible force while in the Cecil Hotel. And supposedly a woman even was strangled to death. By a spirit? So was Elisa Lamb's death due to a manic episode was it a freakish accident was she the victim of a now unsolved murder or were paranormal forces behind her mysterious death I that's don't where we know. are we don't know <laughs> we don't know there i read uh that there's a movie deal and there's a movie being made really? about elisa lamb's death Interesting. so hopefully one day we'll find out until then, don't play with elevators. Yeah. It just – it makes me sad that they at first were so easily wrote it off as a mental illness problem and that she committed or completed suicide because of her mental illness. It just makes me – it makes me mad. Because uh, it's something you do have to take into account, but also – But you can't just write things off because of that. Right. I – don't have a PhD. <laughs> I'm not a psychiatrist, so I can't say much. But also, um, the way that she was acting and the way that they were basically insinuating that she was having a manic episode, it didn't quite add up with how she would a person would typically act or how right. she should have been acting given the drugs that were in her system. Right. Right. So <sighs> I don't know. Uh. I don't know. I think there are too many coincidences and then there's also too many unexplained things. I know. I, I'm going to go into the Cecil Hotel. I'm going to do it. 
Well, I don't know if you can go in right now because it's under construction. I'm pretty sure you can. When I walked by it, it looked like it was open. Oh. Maybe they're just slowly renovating yeah, certain parts. Yeah, renovation. Um, yeah. Maybe I'll spend a night there. Uh, okay. Not <laughs> me. I wouldn't do anything. I just would like to experience spending If you night. do, go on to the – stay on the 14th floor. Mm. Wait. Oh, my gosh. What? I just had a thought. What? Was it truly the 14th floor or was the button called 14 because most <gasps> hotels skip the number 13 Ooh. and were they actually on the 13th, 13th floor? 13th floor? Ooh. That is I don't know. very You possible. have to go. You have to go investigate for us. Okay. Wait. Oh, my gosh. We should record an episode while I'm staying at the Cecil Hotel. Okay. We're going to have to probably record it 500 times because <laughs> everything's going to be glitching. Okay. Wait. This is a good idea. We're going to do it. We have to do it. Okay. Okay. How do I follow up Cecil Hotel? I can't. I'm sure you – I don't even know what you are doing. Well, I didn't either and that's actually why I ended up choosing it because uh, I felt like it was such an interesting story that I hadn't heard of that I thought people would be interested in it as, in it as well and – it is a story that involves the very first or what is thought to be the very first serial killers of America. Oh, what? Who? Who are they? They are the Harp brothers. So that's a nice last name. Harp. Yeah. Uh, but they weren't very nice people. Okay. At all. Um, so I decided to do the King's Tavern, which is the oldest building in Natchez, Mississippi. Mississippi. Why can't I can't speak? M I S S I S S I P P I. Natchez, Mississippi. It is more than 230 years old and was originally built in the seven late 1700s. It is located at 619 Jefferson Street and is still open as a bar and grill, just as it was in the 1700s. And it's changed ownership in that time, but it is still named the King's Tavern after the original owners. And the place is known for its fine steaks and unexplained phenomena. So, Ooh, this what sounds a like a place combo. I want to go. <laughs> I just think of this place. It's like, hey, you want to go to King's Tavern? Yeah, for some steaks and ghosts. Sure. Sounds like a great date. Yeah. Oh, my dream date. Minus the steaks. Okay. So in 1798, a New Yorker named Richard King and his family moved to Natchez and purchased the building. He turned it into a tavern and an inn. And then a place where mail parcels could be picked up and delivered. So it was like an OG post office. And it became a very popular social spot. And Bobby would yell to, to Smith, I'll see you at King's Tavern. That's just how I imagined it. <laughs> uh, the place was home to laughter, town, gossip, and lots of drinkings all around. It was a good time. Until the Hart Brothers show up. Um. The Hart Brothers, like I said, were are sometimes referred to as America's first serial killers. And before they came to Natchez, the Hart Brothers joined a gang called the Tory Rape Gang. What? What? Yes. Did I hear you say that right? Yes, Tory Rape Gang. Yep. They. <laughs> yep. Way they, to um, give yourself away. Like right I away. know, right? Very to the point. Um, oh, they were sadistic animals who would go through neighboring towns and just pillage them. They just, I mean, 
no one was prepared for the wrath that they like came in and they destroyed things and people and people's lives. So the Hart brothers and the Tory rape gang made a living off of robbing people. And then they started to brutalize rape, kidnap, murder innocent people. They burned down family homes and farms and just took pleasure in tormenting and mutilating their victims before finally putting them out of their misery. So the Hart brothers, just a little bit about them before they came to Natchez. They actually kidnapped their own wives. And then they beat them and raped them. And then at a point, this is horrible. And I'm sorry because a lot of this has to do with child murder. At one point, both of these women both became pregnant. And the brothers, um, when the children were born, immediately the brothers murdered the children. What? It's horrendous. Uh Oh my god. How how could they do this? Because they were monsters. They were but like living but breathing how, demons like, in the flesh. Who how were they not captured or stoned to death or killed in their well, sleep? Eventually they did meet their demise. But before that, they just were on a killing spree and it's so horrible. But there will be some justice. So the next thing you know, the, the wives of the Hart brothers went missing and no one knew where they were. And then the men ended up finding new wives, emphasis on the plural wives, because one of the brothers took two wives. Uh. And, and then these new wives were just as violent as the brothers. And so they ended up oh, actually no. being tried for murder later. But they were set free. This isn't about them. Uh, so the Hart brothers continued traveling through these towns. They just were leaving a trail of bodies. And then they ended up in Natchez, which they were actually familiar with and had stayed at the King's Tavern before. And one of the brothers, known as Big Harp, was staying the night at King's Tavern. And he was using money from a robbery he had just committed. And him, a young woman, and a newborn baby were taken to their bedroom up in the attic. And the woman was trying to calm her baby who was crying and Big decided to take it into his own hands by literally taking the child's legs and swinging it with all of his might into the brick wall. <gasps> oh, it like, God. I just, I'm like, I didn't get the emotional when I was writing this, but saying it out loud makes me want to cry. The baby, yeah, the baby died on impact, and it's just so sad. But this just makes my blood boil, I and know. I just want to... They're monsters. Frickin- They're actual monsters. So today, people hear the cries of a woman and an infant child often in the King's Tavern. Oh, no. Um, I take it back. I don't ever want to go there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you don't, unless you want a nice steak. But you can go anywhere else for that. Yeah. Okay, so Big and his brother decided to skip town, and the universe had another plan for them, and this is where justice comes in. The father of one of the first wives, as I told you, one of the the wives of the first wives went missing. So the father of one of those wives spent a lot of time looking for the men who did this to her to his daughter, and at this point, he found the the Hart brothers, and 
shot Big as he was trying to ride off on a horse. Big fell off the horse but did not die, so the father took it upon himself to behead him, and then he put his head on a stake just outside of Natchez. The other brother got away. Yes. But shortly after that, uh, there might have been two more brothers. Mm, Whatever. There were four brothers? I said there might have been two other brothers, so three total. Didn't specify. It just said the brothers. So um, the brothers, shortly after that, the brothers were caught and executed in 1804. Okay, so there are two other brothers. So there are three brothers total. So the two brothers were caught in 1804, and they were beheaded as well. And their heads were impaled next to Biggs just down the road from Natchez. That is justice, but also like... It's like Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's pretty pretty aggressive, pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I guess justice can be... I don't think... People want justice in different ways, and I don't think I'd want it. I don't think I'd want the head of my daughter's killer in my town. No. I would just collect them. I'd go bring them to a cave and i'd put a very heavy boulder in front and then they can just rot um so it's believed that actually big's ghost is sometimes uh seen at king's tavern but these attacks and deaths are not the only things that happened at king's tavern uh wait i wonder if yeah when people hear the screaming of the woman and the baby it's because he's <gasps> appearing oh I didn't think of that. That's horrible. It is. They can oh, never rest. Poor baby. No. I know. Well, it seemed like a lot of people were bad and did a lot of bad things because Richard King, the owner of the tavern, uh, started becoming rich because of the success of the tavern. And with his new found wealth came a massive ego. And he believed that because he had all this money, he could get anything he wanted, anything at all. And um, I think this story is proof that money doesn't make you happy. It makes you a dick. Um, <laughs> well, I guess in this case, his, his name is Richard. Yeah, so. not everyone. His name is Richard. So Dick, he was meant to be a dick. Um, so King wanted a 16-year-old girl who worked as a server in his tavern. So what did he do? He began to seduce her. And this girl, her name was Madeline. Uh, she was engaged at the time, and so she would push King away. And she's 16. 16. And, 16. And, I mean, okay, granted it's like the 1700s or 1800s, so it's people are getting married much younger and women are property, which is shitty. But... um she would push away King and turn down his advances until she couldn't any longer, and she gave in, and they began a love affair. But to me, it sounds – doesn't – actually, it said a sultry love affair, which actually to me, it sounds really rapey. It doesn't sound like a love affair. It just seems like yeah. she was forced into a relationship. Sounds um, like something he would say, like, oh, we have a sultry love affair. Yeah. And she's not alive anymore, so uh, he could say whatever he wanted. Um, all of a sudden, Madeline goes missing and she doesn't turn up for work and no one knows where she went. And King was heartbroken and 
He was heartbroken, but someone else in his family had a little bit of a pep in their step and walked around with a smile on her face. Can you guess who it was? His wife? Yep. Yep. His wife, Mrs. King. Uh, Fast forward to 1930, the King family had sold the tavern and the new family, the Postlewaite family, was doing renovation. And they decided to do renovation on the fireplace when they found three mummified bodies in the wall of the fireplace. Oh, whoa. Two men. Was one of them Madeline? And and one young girl. Yes. They believed the young girl was Madeline. In another fireplace, they found a jeweled dagger, which they believe was the murder weapon. But they have no Mm. idea who these two men are. And they've still never been identified. So I came up with these theories because it's believed it has to be Mrs. King killing these people, right? Like, that's her hiding place for bodies. Right. Yeah. So it's believed that (coughs) these are people who just annoyed (coughs) – bless you. Thanks. It's believed that these are people who annoyed Mrs. King. But I was wondering if maybe these are people – I don't know. I had a theory that maybe Mr. King and Mrs. King were in on it together and maybe Madeline was threatening Mr. King. So I don't know. There's she no answer. She was also answers. only 16, though. She was probably just doing whatever and scared. Yeah. But yeah, so Mrs. King killed three people. We don't know who the other two people are. And although Madeline might have died, a cold corpse left in a wall of a fireplace in the afterlife she is giving off a ton of heat literally like the fireplace which is not in use anymore is said to get as hot as hell and there's no fire there so it just gets it feels as if a heat source is coming out of the fireplace jeez yeah that's Uh, pretty crazy usually it's the reverse it's cold comes with the paranormal right but maybe but they don't know i mean there's there were three bodies found in there, so it could be one of the other men, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but Madeline has actually been seen in the tavern in physical form. She shows up especially when people are mopping the floor, and it's said that her footprints are seen walking across the wet surface. So, like, in the wet floor, you see footprints, which is creepy but kind of cool. Yeah. I agree. Um, it's so cool, but it's also like, oh my god. Right. But it's she's also real? said to be kind of like a goofy fun. She likes to laugh with a lot of the patrons. She'll knock things off the walls because why not? Um, she rocks in the rocking chair. She turns faucets and lights on and off. But then she also does helpful things. Because the building is so old, the doors often get stuck or jammed. So it's said if you're trying to open a door and you can't, if you call Madeline by name, she will come, open the door for you, hold it open for you while you do what you need to do in that room. And then once you walk out, she'll shut the door behind you. Oh, that's kind. Yeah. Um, she has also been caught in photos and voice recordings. But she's not the only spirit. And... There have been shadow figures reported there as well. Ooh. And there's also been a tall man in a black jacket and a top hat who always seems angry. I, uh, my first thought was the, hat, the man. hat man. But he's not a shadow. It sounds like he's just a full body apparition sort of. Right. But in thing. the in the things that I was reading, the shadow people and the reports of seeing this man in a hat uh, kind of both come together. So I don't know. I don't know. 
Um, mm. but it definitely sent off alarm bells in my head. Um, this figure actually shows up in a lot of photos, especially in front of the fireplace. So it's very possible. It was one of the men that was found with Madeline. Um, but this guy likes to throw, throw a lot of things like dishes. And then he causes people to have very physical reactions. So whenever he's around, people will feel a tightness in their chest and throats. So I was wondering if maybe this man, one of the men who was found in the fireplace was strangled because that feeling of tightness in your chest and throat is like cutting off an airway. That would make sense. Like almost projecting what happened to himself to others to try to give a clue. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, it, it's hard to, it's hard to decide like, yeah, there's no proof of who it is. So it's very difficult to figure out who it is or why they're doing anything. Um, Witnesses have reported seeing a reflection suddenly appear in a mirror as well as feeling warm spots in the rooms. So people will feel as if someone's laying in bed with them, but they believe it's Madeline. So that's good. Right. Um, And as I said earlier, people believe that Big Harp Spirit is lingering around the tavern and people have caught EVPs of him. And... There's one EVP that they've caught at King's Tavern that sounds like a recording of a child saying, Mommy. Oh, no. I know. Oh. Uh, But then there's also other EVPs that are kind of darker, which I wasn't able to listen to because the YouTube video got taken down and I didn't have enough time to look up other ones. Um, But then uh, there's – oh, my gosh. There was a group uh, called Smoke and Mirrors Paranormal Group who was at at King's Tavern. And the leading investigator, John Bullard, was leading EVP sessions with the group. And a disembodied voice said Bullard's son's name, Mason, followed by a laugh, a maniacal laugh. Hell no. I would get out of there. Yes. And then he said that when he returned home, he felt heavy and depressed. So, yeah, it's terrifying. But – um. You guys can go visit the King's Tavern. It's open uh, Thursday through Friday, 5 p.m. to 10 p.m., Saturday and Sunday, noon to 10. And then they also have mixology classes. So that's fun. Well, that's fun. I've always wanted to take a mixology class. Me too. Me too. But yeah, that is the King's Tavern and the Hart Brothers. And Madeline. And uh, Horrible. And too, just the fact that like the first serial killers – in the United yeah. States were these horrible, horrible, horrible people. Not that all serial killers aren't horrible people, but there's like, I think there's a degree to which evil presents itself in a killing. Yeah. If you, I don't want to say like one thing is less than another because it's still ending the life of someone else. Right. But the fact that they would just manipulate and torture these people. It's just so disgusting. It's so disgusting. And it they have no concern for anyone else's lives, which is It kind of reminds me of Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, but Jeffrey Dahmer had such like a clear his his victims were there was a pattern in the victims he chose. Whereas Right, but I'm saying like what he did and how he treated oh, people. Yeah. yeah. After getting them. Yeah. Is what Oof. reminds me. Monsters. Yeah. Monsters who walk among Monsters. us. Monsters. Okay. Do you have a listener story? I do. Okay. Let me find it. Hi, ladies. I've been wanting to write to you for a while now. 
So my ghost story happened in 1996. I was about 12. Now, I feel like I should add in some background. I grew up in Lincoln Heights, Los Angeles, specifically on Avenue 26. Trust me, it ties in later. When I was 11, my family moved to Riverside, California, an hour east of L.A., near the town of Miraloma, a.k.a. Wineville. (laughs) How nice. I would love to be from Wineville. Yeah, maybe that's where I'll move instead of Mars. (laughs) I would prefer that. I'll visit (laughs) you there. Yeah. Okay, so on a Sunday, the sun was about to set. My mom and I were the only ones in the house in Riverside, and we were on our way out to go get groceries. Before we leave the house, we always turn on the security system, except that this time it won't turn on. The screen says that my mom's balcony sliding door is open. (gasps) My mom tells me to go run upstairs and shut the door, set the alarm, and lock the front door and meet her out in the car. No big deal, right? Oh my god. Wrong. So I'm doing as I'm told. When I get to my mom's room, I can clearly see her bed as I was about to go in, but there is this little blonde boy sitting on my my mom's bed. His image will forever be in my memory. He had a bowl haircut and old dinky looking clothes. So I run past him and I lock the sliding door and I run back down doing everything else I have to. (laughs) I love it. She's like, just got to get these things done. Yeah. As I get back into the car, I tell my mom, I'm never going back into that house. (laughs) She laughs and I tell her my experience. So I'm going back to where I grew up and where we moved to. And my theory is that the little ghost boy that I saw could have been one of the little boys that was murdered in Wineville at the Chicken Coop Murders. The weird coincidence is that I grew up a few streets over from Avenue 23 where one of the little boys was abducted oh and taken gosh. to Wineville, a.k.a. Miraloma, near where my family moved to. Nuts, right? Thanks Whoa. for reading, and see you on the other side. Tiff. I wonder if that little boy was confused and thought it was his home. I know. Wow. Maybe he... This is a sad thought, but maybe he knew that they were from that same area and was hoping that if he hung out with them, they would eventually take him back home. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so sad. I wonder if the little boy noticed her when she was running through the... I know. The room. If he was just kind of in a daze doing his own thing or if he was like, who's this girl running by and slamming doors? I love her reaction of, I'm never going back in the house. (laughs) I'm never going back (laughs) in that house. (laughs) I'm going to sleep outside where it's less safe. Nope. Yeah. Hey, at least it wasn't her room. It was her mom's room. That's true. But I wonder if the ghost opened – because, I mean, because this episode was an episode about murder, I thought it was going to be a home invasion. (gasps) Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. What? I literally have no idea. It just sounded like someone – Ran through. Okay. All right. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a home invasion that someone – broke in and opened the door and that's why the alarm wouldn't set but a ghost boy is actually a much better (laughs) i'd prefer that although he is the victim of kidnapping and murder that is true (sighs) so it's the victim of of a horrible crime so sad it's so sad especially when it's children (sighs) what do you have for us well Okay. I read the story 
And I have been wanting to read it to you for so long because it has, it just, it moved me. It. Okay. Okay. And it's, it's sad as a warning. Okay. This is from Caitlin and she says, my sister's ghost. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. I'm emailing you guys about this because I think you are the only ones I can tell this story to. This happened on Easter of 2018, and I'm writing this to you two days later. I was listening to your Ghost Children episode when I finally decided to write you. Sorry in advance. This email is kind of long. Here is some background. My half-sister died at a very young age at a very terrible and unexpected time in my mother's life. She was murdered. She was three years old, and she died in 1993. She was three and a half years old. This all happened five years before I was born, long before my parents ever met. My mother, I know. My mother married to her first husband at 20 years old and had my sister when she was only 20, when she was 21. Fast forward three years later, my mom and her husband allowed a man that they knew through a coworker to rent a room in their house. He was separated from his wife and needed a new place to live. My my parents thought it would be okay. This was the 90s. Times were much different. Times were much different back then. On the morning of October 10th, my sister crawled into my mother's bed because she was excited. She was going to see our grandmother that day. Our mom kissed her good morning and told her to go back to bed because it was still early. This was the last time my mom saw her alive. When our mother got up, they couldn't find my sister. They searched all over the place for her, and my mom and her husband got dressed and got their roommate up as well to look for her. They called the police as soon as they couldn't find her. Two police officers came and searched the house. It wasn't until one of them searched the room the guy rented that he found her. He saw a foot of something in a pile of clothes that he hoped was a doll. It wasn't. It was my sister. Oh, my God. This is a nightmare. I know. He immediately took her into his arms as she wasn't breathing. He and the other officer rushed her to the hospital. He kept her to his chest and tried to give her mouth to mouth, trying to save her. She was later pronounced dead. Oh, my gosh. I have tears in my eyes. Uh, The roommate was later found responsible and arrested 24 hours later. He was convicted and sentenced to 25 years to two, 25 years to life two years later. That day is engraved in my mother's brain. I have heard her account of it many times in my life. When I was little and even now, we called her our guardian angel, and I think she still watches over me. My life, my life has sort of been shadowed by this as well. Five years after my sister died, I was born two days after the anniversary of her death. I also looked very much like her when I was little, and it didn't help that I was the first child my mom had after her firstborn. Her story has been a part of my life for a very long time, and it always will. But now, to the paranormal to the paranormal side of this story. My sister was born on Easter Sunday, so every Easter we have a sort of unbirthday for her on Easter by baking a bunny cake. My mom and I also like to take flowers to her at the cemetery. The day before Easter this year, I was lying in bed trying to go to sleep. My younger sister, who sleeps in the same room on the top bunk of our bed, was wide awake and watching Netflix. My dog was also sleeping on the floor and snoring rather loudly. I eventually turned over to try to get some sleep, and at this point, I was half asleep, and I opened my eyes and saw something in my closet. I saw a girl in her pajamas rub her nose, staring off into space. 
I was immediately awakened, threw my covers off. My head immediately went to the photos of the story of Dear David from Twitter, and I thought it was a demon child. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it, Adam Ellis. Look at what you did. I eventually grabbed my phone from my nightstand and shone the light towards my closet, but nothing was there. I checked the time, 1223. It was Easter. Then I realized all of the signs. The little girl was sitting in my open closet, and my dog slept through the whole ordeal. I, much like you guys, know that animals are very sensitive to spirits, and my dog would have woken up if it was a spirit that he was not comfortable with. It was my sister watching over me, and now that I have processed it all, I can't bring myself to tell my mom. I think it would break her heart to hear that I saw her in my closet. I knew that I had to tell someone, so I wanted to share it with you guys. Thanks for this open outlet to share things. I'll see you on the other side, Caitlin. Holy moly. Uh, Yeah. This... It's just so tragic, but then also so sweet at the same time. Yeah. (sighs) You know that feeling when when you're crying and you're trying to stop yourself from crying and it makes it worse? That's how I feel right now. Yeah. Because what happened is just like I can't imagine anything worse. I think that's anybody's worst nightmare. But I'm also – very appreciative of how her family I know, it's still so celebrates beautiful. her life and celebrates her birthday. And her sister <laughs> showed up for the birthday. Yeah. It was Easter. She and was it, like, all right. And I'm sure. Me time, baby. I mean, similar to the story we read a few weeks ago of the twin brother, Tristan, right? I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that her sister has been with her and is watching her her whole life. And – just because she's only seen her this one time in the closet doesn't mean she's not there. And so. And just the fact that the dog was so comfortable with her presence as well. She it's familiar. probably yeah. hangs out with the dog, sees the dog every now yeah. and then. I'd like to think, too, that she's not actually. I don't think she's actually in the house. I think she right. just comes to make visits and to yeah. watch over everyone. And then they call her, they even call her their guardian angel. So, and we, we know from all of our stories that we've read or done research on guardian angels don't always show in the same manifestation that all spirits do. They kind of are more in spirit and mind than they are in physical shape. Right. Wow. Such a good story to end on too. It's as tragic as it is. Yeah. Murder is a very it's also dark topic. Very sweet that she has the family that she yes. does and that they're also loving yeah. and there for each other. And, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, if you guys have ghost stories, um, please email them to us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. We truly love hearing all of your experiences and then we respond to them it might take us a little bit of time but we do respond to all of our emails yeah sorry if it's it's a little backed up at the moment but we do respond individually yes. and personally to every single email so um yeah we love reading them so keep sending them we also have social media we have twitter we have facebook um the facebook group if you join it it's private so nothing that you post or comment on or say Anywhere will else. show up on any of your friends news feeds if they are yeah. not in the group um and we have instagram so please follow us on instagram that's where we're going to be doing yes our next giveaway for, for merch and then also we have a patreon if you feel so inclined to donate we will make it worth your money we will um 
we have all these different tiers with bonuses. So free stickers, merch, discounts, uh, all of that. And then we have merch. So please check out our website and we have a link to our merch on there or it's our two girls, one ghost merch dot big com. And we will see you on the other side. side.